Okay. Hello, my name is David Levy. You are listening to the Observer's Notebook podcast. Enjoy. Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. It's mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data. Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the, Observ- the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the podcast and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena, and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. This podcast depends donations from you, our listeners, to keep it going. If you enjoy what you hear, you can donate to us via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, $5 receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast and one year's membership to the ALPO. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash observersnotebook. And if you'd like to join the ALPO, membership starts at $22 a year. For more information, find us at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find us on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And this podcast, believe it or not, has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss any more episodes of the podcast. And now, episode 156 with Ken Pichetli, and we're going to talk The Journal. Enjoy. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to this edition of the Observer's Notebook podcast. And we have on the podcast today a return visitor, a really good guy, Ken Pichetli, the editor of the Journal of the ALPL. Welcome back, Ken. Hello, Tim, and all you other podcasters. Now, I got to make an announcement before we get on here. This is the six-year anniversary of this podcast. We've recorded 160 episodes. We have over 600,000 downloads. We have 375 subscribers on all platforms. I'd like to see that go up. And of course, we have a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. So that's pretty good. And we also have Patreon that uh, supports our podcast. And uh, we have 14 supporters currently on the podcast. And I'd like to give them all a shout out right now if I can. Uh, we got Jerry White and Jason Inman. These are two people I've known for years. And interesting is neither one is a member of the Alpo. Um, uh, Matt Will, Steve Seedentop. Stephen Bennett, Michael Moore, Sean Dillis, uh, Frank Schnick, Damian Ellis, Carl Hergenrother, Julian Parks, Michael McShane, Michael Blake, Steve uh, Nick Evitz, and Rick Hill, and, and Ken Poe. Oh, are are you are you back a a uh, Patreon guy? There was a burp in Patreon. I'm uh, okay. You're back. Uh, handling okay. that as soon as we take care of this today. Okay, and Pe- Ken Pashedley. Like you know, it's it's. When I started this thing in 
2015. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And uh, the first episode I uploaded and I think its first download went out like four days after I put it up. And I went, who's downloading my podcast? <laughs> and during the time I've been able to see it grow and grow. And it's it's been very nice. I'm for this little tiny astronomy club that has a uh, that has a, a, a podcast. I think we're doing pretty good. So not quite five guys in a treehouse. I got five guys on the tree. That's right. So I want to really thank our Patreon supporters uh, because I could not do this without your support. So thank you. Thank you very much. Another announcement we have, uh, the 2023 ALPO conference is once again going to be virtual. Uh, and we have the dates for that. And that is July 28th and 29th. That's a Friday and Saturday. So we'll be sending details on uh, how to get the links. And if you want to submit a paper, how to do that as well. So. At this point, we're going to talk about uh, the journal, aren't we, Ken? Yes, we are. So l- l- tell me a little bit about the winter issue, especially that very cool cover. Well, uh, as um, hopefully many of the listeners know, the journal, uh, since I assumed editorship of it in 2001, has been coming out quarterly, four times a year on a seasonal basis. <clears throat> and... Uh, what we call the winter issue actually comes out in December. We're a little bit late this time, but uh, this issue features a beautiful, striking image of the recent near, at least for those of us down here in the southeastern United States, the near occultation of the planet Mars by the moon. Uh, the image was taken by uh, astro imager Dan Llewellyn of Metro Atlanta. Dan really resides in a, uh, a place that you can uh, all look up online. It's called the Deer Lick Astronomy Village. Beautifully dark skies. And it is also where the annual, <clears throat> excuse me, the Peach State Star Days ah. is held okay. every autumn. The event that I founded in 1994 ran for some years and turned it over to the Atlanta Astronomy Club. But Dan resides down there and he does the most beautiful, beautiful images. There's a full write-up inside the uh the journal on the exposure details the equipment details uh there's just a whole lot of stuff the uh the journal you know for some years i used to keep it around 60 70 80 pages now it's routinely anywhere from 100 to 124 pages yeah page count exceeds that of sky and telescope (laughs) not because i want to but it's just because we've got so much great stuff to get out there so uh, it's, uh, it's just a great cover, and uh, we're, uh, we're also, you know, looking for uh, all kinds of ideas. Yeah, and the covers are always really nice. How do you go about selecting and, and getting submissions? Do you get <clears throat> submissions for the cover? We, we uh, try. Uh, the editor, the actual editor, who I uh, uh, really appointed to assist me because I'm now the publications, we call it a section. The ALPO is organized into observing and special interest sections, uh, and it's modeled after the British Astronomical Association, the BAA. So I'm the head of the publication section. The editor of the journal now, and I work with him very closely, is Sean Dillis. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, uh, We communicate closely as to various ideas on what to include, what should we put for the cover? What do you think about this or that? Sometimes we 
future uh, a recent event, such as what we're talking about with this cover. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we will feature a cover of an event that might be upcoming, or we might be talking about a, uh, I'm just using this as a, an idea, but right. <clears throat> if we're talking about uh, the Perseids, we might include uh, an image of a, of a, a beautiful bolide or something on the summer issue to spur people to don't forget the Perseids. So it's, it, it's like that. We, we're always open to ideas. Would you consider this? Would you consider that? And we try, if at all possible, and I think we've done a good job with this, of sticking with images that were produced by Earth-bound, Earth-based telescopes. We're we're not we're not into um, featuring images by uh, Hubble and the James Webb uh, Space Telescope. They're great out there, but we are down here. Good point. Very very good point. And the history of the journal goes back, I mean, to the very beginning of the organization. Back, It was called Strolling Astronomer back then, wasn't it? Strolling Astronomer. Uh, the story I heard was when uh, the late Walter Haas, who founded the ALPO in 1947, he was very, I understand he was very frustrated. <clears throat> Excuse me about my throat here. He was very frustrated uh, because he had tried for some time to get the, the so-called professional astronomical community to take... Uh, uh, seriously, the contributions by very serious amateurs, amateur astronomers. I mean, uh, you know, throughout the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, and probably through the 1900s, I think most astronomers were amateur. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until way later on that they were they became paid and professionals. Well, uh, amateurs do darn good work, as we all know. And uh, he just got rebuffed, apparently, over and over. And finally, he, he put together the ALPO. Uh, so he, uh, who was really a mathematician at the uh, uh, university out in the Southwest, he consulted with his wife and a friend and they tried to come up with an idea. And I think it was um, a friend of theirs, a lady friend of the, of the Haas family who said, why not call it the strolling astronomer? And so they did. <laughs> Initially, because of the enthusiasm going on, the, uh, the magazine came out every month, and then after some years, I think it was uh, uh, bi-monthly, and it does take a lot of work. And then, uh, I remember, Walter was an instructor or a professor, and he had another job as well, and it uh, came out every three months or so, something like that. I think the board should vote to do it monthly again. I think that would be a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someday, uh, way down the line. <laughs> And uh, the pay is great. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Billy Preston did a great song. Nothing from nothing is nothing. So I'm I'm rolling in nothing here. We're all volunteers. Uh, you, me, and the rest of us are all volunteers. Right. When we do this. So, uh, and then uh, it went through uh, from Walter. It went on to uh, several other individuals um, as editors for a number of years. And then I have a professional background in publications editing. Uh, with a degree in journalism, worked in that field for many, many years, been a technical writer for the last almost 40 years, Mm -hmm. and uh, agreed to become editor back in 2001, which I believe uh, is very appropriate considering that was the year of the movie. Well, the movie came out in 68, but I've always been a big fan of the movie, 2001 Space Odyssey. 
And uh, but it um, it started off as I don't want to say a pamphlet. Uh, you're familiar with the size of the original journal right. itself. What would you call that yourself? Um, it was smaller than what we have now. Yeah, it was like eight by five, um, something like that. Yeah. The dimension, the dimensions of yeah. it. It was, and it was uh, all typewritten and everything right. was hand done and photocopied and you know whatever. And yep. the idea was to exchange data with each other. Amateurs were exchanging data with each other and sending it also to uh, other high-end people in universities and so forth. And then it just kind of grew and grew and oh. grew. Yeah, here's a. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, probably not. No, it's, uh, it's disappearing on you. Uh. Yeah, this is the size of the original. Yeah, this the other one here is what is this? Are we doing an audio? Yeah, we're doing audio, but I'm just showing you. I got, I got, I got them laying all over the place. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 1998. I have yeah. right, and then in uh, 2001, uh, I figured if I'm going to do, let's do it right. So I uh, made a unilateral decision to uh, take it eight and a half by eleven. And by that time, the electronic versions were already available of various things. So <clears throat> I uh, uh, began releasing it as not only a hard copy, but also as a full color PDF. And I have to stipulate full color PDF because um, it's expensive to print hard copy in mm -hmm. color, especially. So <clears throat> the inside pages of the hard copy remain in black and white. The outer front cover and back cover are full color. And uh, <clears throat> that's, you know, it's, it's progressed and grown and, yeah. you know. Now you guys are doing a great job with, with the journal. It's really, really <laughs> advanced. Like you said, it's larger than Sky High Telescope is now. Thank you. Yeah. Now um, with the number of listeners I know I have of this podcast, it outnumbers the number of members we have in the ALPO, <laughs> which is kind of interesting because, um, membership to the ALPL just went up in January. It's now $22 a year, but that $22 will get you the full color PDF version downloaded to your computer four times a month. Four times so, a year. Four, four times, times a year. Four times a year. Yeah. Four yeah. times. Going back to the monthly thing. <laughs> four, four, <laughs> four times a year. So, you know, yeah. it just give, give our listeners that don't get the journal a little bit about what's in this current issue. Well, in you know in, in in this issue let me see here i'm i'm putting my thoughts together we got uh we have part one of a of a two-part uh article or what we're calling papers like in regular academic journals um this is uh, a look back at the best comments of the year 2020 and uh that's by carl hergenrother who is also a member of our board and he's also the head <clears throat> of the alpo Comets section, observing section. Uh, and we have a we have a um, uh, a very detailed review of solar activities, sunspots, prominences, whatever, during Carrington rotation. What's numbered twenty two fifty two, and that's by our solar uh, section coordinator and scientific advisor for that section, Rick Hill. Um, we do this with every issue for that one. Uh, we have a super super detailed write-up uh, for you really, really, really detailed people about the moon. It's a write-up about suspected magma chambers beneath the lunar surface 
in what's called the Cauchy region of the moon. Uh, and that's by Raffaello Lena, <clears throat> who is based in Italy. And uh, his, his area, he's a geologist by profession, and his area of expertise are what are called lunar domes, mm -hmm. which I think you could basically say are failed volcanoes. Right. And uh, we have the results of a study about photometric brightness measurements of the planet Mars in 2020 and 2021. And all of this, all of this was done by very accomplished Earth-based amateur astronomers mm -hmm. with regular size scopes, starting with, oh, who knows, three, four, five-inch refractors, all the right. way up to maybe 18 or 20-inch reflectors, uh, sometimes not hand, you know, sometimes not guided, sometimes guided. Uh, right. They uh, submit photos, they submit sketches, and uh, keep in mind that uh, our work does make its way into university databases mm -hmm. as well as NASA and so forth. We are working actively with NASA and uh, various other organizations uh, with our results. That's very true. And now those articles you m mentioned are geared toward the more advanced amateur. Yes. Um, they're not, I mean, they're, you can read them, you can understand them, but they're really geared for the more advanced amateur who, you know, is studying the sun and wants yeah, to know I, the current situation of the sun and, and also even the moon. I mean, there, there's still observations, valuable observations going on with the moon and the Mars and Mars. Well, what about articles yeah. that, for well, those that aren't advanced amateurs? Do we well, have those? Let me uh, underscore what you, you, you just said about uh, advanced uh, amateurs. Uh, I like to, um, I like to say that, uh, your local astronomy club is the best place to start to learn yes. basic astronomy, basic uh, what kind of scope should I get, how to use what I already have, learn the basics of this and that, and, and probably determine over a period of time what kind of observational astronomy you want to get into, deep sky or solar system oriented, okay? So your local your local club would be where you would go for the basic. But let's say you decided, oh, I'm, I'm really into solar system. And well, what part of solar system? Planetary, comets, meteors, whatever. <clears throat> That's where the ALPO comes in. If you're into, uh, you know, stars specifically, or maybe variable stars, there's the American Association of Variable Star Observers. There are other organizations out there like the ALPO for those that are very advanced <clears throat> and want to use what they've learned from their local club. Now, those who are interested and new to the ALPO and maybe haven't gotten to being super duper technical, uh, we've got some other stuff in the journal that would probably appeal to you. The first third of our journal uh, is called Inside the ALPO or the ALPO. First, what's going on? on in the organization itself. Uh, uh, highlights of, well, a write-up about what's on our great cover. Uh, maybe in the next issue that's coming out in the spring, we're going to have a write-up about uh, the annual conference that you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, <clears throat> what the, uh, the guidelines are and the dates and, you know, what you can do. And, um, and by the way, anybody is, is uh, 
uh, invited to participate in our conference, but you must be a member of the ALPO. But you're more than welcome to uh, view it online anywhere you are in the world, member or not. Yeah, mem- members are the only ones that can give a paper at the conference. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, other parts of the uh, journal that are for the maybe not so technical include, <clears throat> excuse me, another article by Carl Hergenrother. Mm-hmm. It's a look back of what the journal was covering, sort of a capsule version, 75 years ago, 50 years ago, 25 years ago. This time we also have a book review about a, uh, what I call a treatise, treatise, T-R-E-A-T-I-S-E. Mm-hmm. on various moon maps that were published between 1610 and 1910. There's a, a one-page uh, article about the lunar crater Euclides by um, Robert Hayes, <clears throat> who lives in uh, Illinois, pretty far outside Chicago. And he sketches, only sketches. Right. And he does some really, really, really great work. That uh, little article... Uh, his sketch of Euclides is accompanied by uh, a photo and a part of a map from the lunar quadrant maps. Also, uh, we have a review of findings from 13 observers about the remote planets Uranus and Neptune. And then at the back of the journal, in every issue, we have a thing called uh, ELPO Resources, which is a listing of who's who, what's what, what publications are available you know, from the ALPO besides the journal, and even a listing of available back copies, hard copies of the journal that are still available. So it's chock full of stuff. Yeah, and just jumping back to what you mentioned about Carl's article, I mean, it's it's really good. It goes back years ago, what the ALPO looked at, what a, astronomy looked like, actually. And he's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks to yeah. talk about the future. Of astronomy yeah. and the future of the ALPO. So, if any really of looking you, forward to that one. If you get a chance, and I can cover this later, but uh, you get a chance to look at some of the very early issues of this of this journal, mm-hmm. you can sense the enthusiasm that that was coming through. I mean, there were no uh, satellites that right. didn't happen until the the mid and late sixties. So you're talking about people that would. You know, they discovered this or that on uh, a belt or something on Jupiter or Saturn. And they're just absolutely bonkers about it. And that Mm -hmm. feeling of pride uh, came through in the various articles that they wrote. And these are amateurs. Yeah. Yeah, I I joined the ALPO in 1974, 1975. Mm -hmm. I was in high school. And, you know... I love comets and when there was a bright comet in the sky and I made a comet observation and I sent it to back then it was Dennis Millon, who was the uh, coordinator of the comet section. I sent him, you know, a handful of observations, not thinking anything about it. And then, then the next issue of the journal came out, there was an article about the comet and lo and behold, my name was used and one Ooh. of my drawings was used as reference. And I'm like, you talk about motivation. Yeah. 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 You're a, you're, you're a kid in high school, you're doing astronomy, and then all of a sudden your observations used in a scientific paper. So I was in elementary school uh, <laughs> in the early 60s, and I learned about the ALPO from uh, its being included in a, <clears throat> in a uh, listing of other organizations in the back of a book in a uh, public library. 
mm-hmm. and I wrote to Walter, and I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. He wrote back, and I joined. I don't know how I got the, the money, but it was hardly anything. Right. And I just was totally enamored by the journal, mm-hmm. and the sketches, and the artwork by uh, Clark Chapman was mm-hmm. uh, was a guy, and um, it was just fascinating. I was going to go into astronomy as a career, but fortunately or unfortunately, uh, mathematics was not my strong suit. And I, uh, uh, midway or most of the way through high high school, uh, decided on a different career path. But yeah, it was just great. By the way, do you happen to remember the comet that you were talking about? Um, I think I I don't recall. I think it was before Cahotech. It might have been, no, actually, it might have been Gahotech. Yeah, that was, was, I heard a big, big, big one. Yeah, yeah, well, it was supposed to be a big, big, big one, but it really wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, you know, as, as comet observers have different classifications of what a big comet is. If you can see it with the naked eye, it's a big comet. So, yes, yeah. it was a big comet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we've talked about the previous issue. Uh, what about, are you already looking at the next issue? Yeah, yeah, always trying to think ahead because as soon as I get done, with one, I've got to at least start planning and working on editing the next one with papers that are submitted and they've gone through the scrutiny of, uh, of Sean Dillis. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember, you know, I uh, I have a, a family and a house to take care of, so it's really been uh, a juggle of things to, to try and balance everything out. But so far, I've been able to do it. So in the, uh, what we have coming up to the next issue of course, the look back, uh, another Carrington rotation report from Rick. Um, we're also um, going to be publishing a, uh, a study by our what's called the Lunar uh, Transient Phenomena Program. And the BAA now calls their version of that program something else. But Anthony, Dr. Anthony Cook of uh, Britain is the head of that section for the BAA as well as our program and he's put together a thing uh, about looking for buried lunar basins and craters and so uh, we were publishing some lists of those items and asking other uh, observers to review their own findings including published maps and so forth to see if they find something that hadn't yet been included in the published materials um we're going to include a, a paper by an observer who uh has put together something about seeing a quote duplicate unquote image of the moon during moonset now this is with naked eye mm-hmm. um and so he started taking his own or sketching his own observations back in 1965 when he was 15. so hint hint so was I in 1965. <laughs> and um, then we've got another paper, a paper from another observer <clears throat> who's going to be, he, his paper talks about, he's developed a probability model that allows an observer to estimate the odds of visually observing a given Saturn satellite at a given aperture. And that's not just Titan, but, you know, when I was growing up, Jupiter had 12, Saturn had nine, but now there's way too many to count. But 
<clears throat> this paper is going to talk about at least the largest eight satellites of the of the planet Saturn, and it's going to be an interesting thing. Plus, we're going to have another Saturn apparition report by uh, Dr. Julius Fenton. Very cool. So, you know, those are kind of what's going on right now in the next issue that'll be out, hopefully, uh, the very first part of March. Nice. That's nice. Now, the journal, is it only available to uh, members of the ALPL? The journal, see, as of this time, as of when we're doing this podcast, at the end of uh, January 2023, all of the ALPO journals from volume one, number one, excuse me, which was published in April 1947 through volume 64, number two, that would be the spring of 2022. They're all available for free. The PDF files are all available for free on our website at alpo-astronomy.org. Repeat that. It doesn't matter. It's all lowercase. alpo-astronomy.org. And if you go to that, that's our homepage where you'll see an announcement about the current winter issue, by the way, at the top. Uh, Simply... Look at the upper right corner of your screen for Alpo section galleries. That's a link. You'll click on that. Uh, then at the next screen, click on publications section, and that'll bring you to a screen of uh, the Alpo journals. And from there, you just find what you like and go for it. <clears throat> the journals from the summer of 2022 and newer remain offline. Uh, at least for a year, and they're proprietary to paid-up members of the ALPO because that's a benefit of membership. Right. Right. Now, I will put a link to the journals, uh, what you, the whole URL that you talked about, okay. in the show notes, too, to make it a little easier for people to do that. Okay. Great. All right. Um, let's see. So... I've, I've talked before on the podcast how people can become a member. Uh, there's a link that takes us there's to a, the Astronomical League, right? Yeah, there's a link on the Astronomical League page. You've got to look for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got a long URL, and there are great people, and, and I have nothing bad to say about it. But it, that particular page to locate the link to join the Alpo can be kind of cumbersome. So just send an email to the Alpo recording secretary. His name is Matt Will. And his email address is remarkably Matt M A T T dot Will W I L L at Alpo Astronomy dot org. Repeat that Matt dot Will at Alpo Astronomy dot org and request membership info and he'll take care of you. Very good. Very good. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we move on? Or please join. Please join. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, like... we talked we talked briefly uh, at the beginning about our dues. Uh, Twenty two bucks for a uh, an annual membership of uh, getting the journal uh, four times a year as a PDF file, a hard copy. Of course, that membership rate is higher because it uh, it just is because of the printing cost. Right. Um, but um, uh, keep in mind that 
we are a worldwide organization. We do have members in China. We have members, a lot of members in Europe, Australia, here, there, and everywhere. So, um, and there are other organizations out there. I think that the AAVSO membership is considerably more expensive mm-hmm. than ours. And that's not a good or a bad thing. I'm just putting it out there. Now, we are actually cheaper than most astronomy clubs. The yeah. Anhill does. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you, you know, yeah. it's, and just to you know, have access to, to the journal when it does come out, I think that's worth it right there. I mean, you can't get yeah. a magazine subscription for $22 a year. Yeah. Sorry about my throat, but uh, I did the best I could. No, no worries. No worries. All right. You have anything else back to add? I, uh, I'm glad to be here and look forward to uh, hearing from anybody that wants to get in touch with me. I am at ken.oshedley at alpo-astronomy.org. The name is K-E-N dot P-O-S-H-E-D-L-Y, Poshedly. Great. Uh, Slovak name from Cleveland, Ohio, but in Atlanta since 84. How about them bears? I mean, not bears, the browns. How about those browns? (laughs) How about those browns? Damn straight. All right. All right, man. Let's get chatting with you today. Thank you. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I again want to thank Ken Bichette-Lee for coming on and being a guest and talking about the latest issue of the journal. And for those of you out there that haven't joined the ALPO, please do. We really appreciate it. Um, we upload new episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I do appreciate it. And you can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Echo, Spotify. And you can all listen to us on our YouTube channel, audio only. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon by giving up to 35 bucks a month, where you receive one year's membership to the Alpo and producer credits on, on the podcast. And again, I want to thank the producers of this podcast, Steve Seedentop and Michael Moyer, for their generous support. The link for Patreon as well as all the links we talked about are in the show notes. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at ObserversNBPod. And until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.